she booked us all on the dolphin watching excursion. Now, I'm prone to an overactive imagination. When left to its own devices, my brain tends to imagine would-be experiences as things that I've seen on TV. But even I knew that a crew in dolphin-themed costumes was unlikely. I felt, though, that the extortionate ticket price should at least guarantee me a slick sightseeing cruiser and a life-changing experience. As I pulled into the little harbour later that afternoon, I quickly realised the slick cruiser was an optimistic idea as well. There was only one boat, and it seemed to be the one from the film Jaws. <laughs> it was put-put-putting vigorously. It looked like it was holding on to the harbour wall for a rest. It didn't look like it would be able to keep me afloat on my own, never mind my entire family and approximately 20 other people standing in a worried-looking queue on the quayside. There was no welcoming dolphin-themed crew either. A large man in an iron wool jumper and hat twin set turned towards us and waved cheerily from a little turret wheelhouse that was up a set of ladders on the boat. A plume of smoke rose from his pipe as he was up as he reversed down the ladder and lowered a short, thick plank from the boat to the harbour wall. Everybody started tape roping across it and taking seats beside each other on the long C-shaped bench that stretched around the entire rear of the boat. The monk had just turned three and was fast asleep in her usual spot inside my coat against my chest. Blano and Beezer at six and eight were buzzing with nervous excitement. Captain Twinset freed up a couple of tethers and pulled the plank back onto the boat. He climbed up the wee ladder and from his little turret spoke through a handset of a crackly tannoy. He explained that once we left the shelter of the harbour, it would be a little choppy for about 30 minutes, but things would then level out as we reached the deeper, calmer waters. He added casually that we should, should we get into any serious bother, there were a couple of life jackets... <laughs> In the storage box under the turret, 25 pairs of eyes slowly moved towards the box. <laughs> High up on the wall above the box was a bright orange life belt. I quickly scanned the crowd for hate. That was mine. <laughs> As we rounded the wall of the harbour, there was an instant noticeable change. A strong gusting wind was whipping spray over the boat. The little boat bumped and wobbled and dipped, but putt-putt-putted solidly along and kept going. The boys were laughing hysterically the way kids do when they don't know what to do with fear. The Duchess and I were talking calmly to them, faking roller coaster movements for their enjoyment. I hate roller coasters. I looked at her. I saw the same doubts I was having flickering briefly across her face. I gave her a it'll be fine wink and smile and hoped it looked convincing. She smiled back. If my effort was as poor as hers, then we were in really serious trouble here. <laughs> 30 minutes passed, and there was no let-up. In fact, it was getting worse. I realised that the spray was no longer spray. It was rain being whipped in sideways by an ever-increasing wind. The boys had gone quiet and squeezed in between their mummy and I. I felt Beezer's hand sliding into mine and squeezing it. I looked down at them both and winked and smiled. The smile back, reassurance and belief on their faces. Thank God, I thought. I wrapped my free arm around them both and pulled them in close. The Duchess put an arm around from the other side. The tannoy crackled. Over the now howling wind, a broken message surged in and out of hearing range. 
choppy, panic, keep going, deeper waters. The sea was now a churning, angry, grey swell, and the actual maritime roller coaster began. We began a series of rise and fall manoeuvres. The little boat would climb uphill on the face of a wave, pause for a second at the top, then tip over and slide down the other side of it. The Duchess started to panic laugh uncontrollably. <coughs> she couldn't stop. I shouted calming words at the kids. As the boat reached the top and tipped over again I started and started downhill, I made the mistake of looking up. Afterwards, I was logically able to work out what I saw, but in the split second that I looked up at the time, I saw the back of Captain Twinset as he looked out through the window of his little turret. In front of him, and more importantly what looked like above him, was a glistening grey wall of water, taller than the boat. At that moment, I forgot that we were pointing downwards into the base of the next wave. The water wasn't actually above us. At that moment, my brain was disorientated and scrambling with the information at hand. At that moment, I believe we were about to be completely submerged under a wave of the size of a house. At that very moment, I thought we were going to die. At that precise, surreal moment, my brain never panicked. It calculated quickly and with ice-cold precision. I was the only decent swimmer in the family. It wasn't going to be enough. There was no way I could manage all four. But three strides would take me to the wall with a life belt, and three strides back again. We were all going to have to hold on tight to the stay afloat. I would keep the baby and hope for the best. The screaming started. One woman first, just staring into space and screaming in loud, short bursts like a fire alarm. <laughs> Others joined in. The Duchess was still laughing. <laughs> crazy, crazy laughing. Someone started praying loudly. Hail Mary, full of grace. Others joined in. The booking started. <laughs> An older lady first. I had noticed her earlier she got on the boat, a large heavy coat and a matching hat, good shoes, her makeup perfect as if she was going to go somewhere after the night out on the boat to a special occasion or something. I had whispered to the Duchess and the prize for most inappropriately dressed for a sea voyage goes to her waterlogged hat now hung down on both sides of her head. Her makeup was running down her face in a mixture of tears and salty sea spray. She had a sodden paper hanky, which she was dabbing delicately and pointlessly at the corner of her eye. The sudden need to vomit seemed to be as much of a surprise to her as it was to everybody else. <laughs> as a reflex, she tried to stand and aim away from the people beside her. She only succeeded in projecting the book into the swirling wind, which in turn sprayed everyone with the contents of her stomach which in domino style started everyone gagging, <laughs> heaving and vomiting themselves. <clears throat> the deck was awash with vomit and seawater. The prayers got louder to drown out the heaving. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death, amen. The fire alarm woman was still screaming. The Duchess was still laughing. 
the tannoy crackled again. Head back in. Too stormy. By the way, dolphins, do you right? Almost instantaneously, the wind began to die down. The waves began to settle to a rough squall. The boat began to turn back towards land. The older lady was dabbing the side of her mouth with the soaked hanky. In a very polite, hyacinth bouquet style voice, she said, if I had known that the dolphin was magic word for stopping the weather, I would have said it 20 fucking minutes ago. <laughs> God forgive me and pardon me. People started to laugh. The laughter spread hysterically through the small crowd. Even the kids were laughing, but that was mostly because of Granny had said the F word. <laughs> 30 minutes later, the little boat, boat put, put, putted its way back into the harbour. Over the tannoy, Captain Twinset was apologising for the weather and hoping that everyone would come again soon. <laughs> the laughter got audibly louder. The boat was secured to the harbour wall and the plank was put down for departure. I will never forget the faces of the people queuing to get on to the next sailing. <laughs> As two dozen vomit-soaked tourists limped past, crying and hugging each other. I went another few steps and sat down on the grass verge because my legs were shaking so much. A little head popped out of my coat. <coughs> Daddy, I'm hungry, she says. <coughs> Dinner first, then the boat. Okay, monkey, I says. Daddy's a bit tired, though. Maybe we'll do the boat later.